We're going to transition now to our message this morning. And uh, before we open our Bibles and get into the Word, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. Um, I'm going to impersonate someone. So you picked a good Sunday to tune in, right? <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be a presidential candidate this morning. Okay, yes, yes. Buckle up, okay? Buckle up. <clears throat> Let me get in. Now, pretend we're at a rally, okay? You're all my supporters, or maybe you're on the fence, and I'm going to convince you today. Here we go. Hello, folks. I'm candidate. Give you more. Yes. Thank you. My fellow Americans, when I'm president, you're going to love me. Thank you. I'm going to slash this Affordable Care Act because everyone, and I mean everyone, is going to be receiving free health care. Yes, thank you, thank you. When I'm president, Social Security benefits are going to triple. Yes, you're welcome. And the average age of retirement will soon become 33. Yes! Thank you. Thank you. The price of fuel is going to drop lower than your Hy-Vee Fuel Saver card can fathom. <laughs> yes. Thank you. There's going to be huge subsidies coming to every industry that you can think of. Every industry. You're going to thank me. You're going to thank me. I'm going to reduce your taxes. Yes. Actually, in fact, there'll be no more taxes. Yes, that's right. And these changes, they'll have no impact on our national debt. No impact. In fact, I'm going to get China to pay off our trillions. That's how this is going to work. We're going to be debt free. Wars will soon end and I'll be establishing world peace. That's right. Got all serious here for a second, okay? Children no longer have to go to school. Yes, I'm including you, even though you can't vote yet. They no longer have a bedtime. Yes, woo! And they no longer have to eat vegetables. We're adding that in there. Relax, parents. You'll be too busy counting all the money that I was able to get you. It'll be all right. Every home's going to be filled with cute puppies and laughter. Everything you want and everything you don't want and more will be yours when you vote for me. Yes. I'm just trying to tell you what you want to hear. Yes. I'm candidate. Give you more. And I approve this message. Thank you. Yeah, you want your ballot back, yeah. <laughs> Funny, I didn't see this guy on the ballot. That's weird. Roughly, um, looks like 10 minutes before the service, I got a text message. Go figure, it was political. 
I don't know how many of you have been lit up with these kinds of things, phone calls, things in the mail, and commercials and all of that. Can we just kind of give a little bit of a cheer that that all ends in about two days? Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> you think of all the money that gets spent on that. It's just outrageous. Outrageous. Now that candidate told you everything that you want to hear. I want to tell you things that you need to hear. We're going to transition to the message now. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be jumping around to some different passages today, but we can start in Psalm 33. And if you're watching online, I'm not really running for president if you just happen to tune in and wonder what was going on. But Psalm 33 is where we're going to start today. And before we begin this message, I'd just like to have a word of prayer, settle our hearts to receive from God's word. Father, we thank you so much. Just to have a little fun and laughter here at the beginning of this, but now as we transition into some serious moments here and understanding what it is that you desire from us as followers of Christ who live in this land called America. And Lord, just guide us and lead us by the power of your spirit. Equip us, Lord. And we thank you that we do live in a country where we get to vote. And we uh, get to elect individuals to represent us and to lead us. We thank you for the God-ordained government that helps bring law and order into our society. And help us as citizens of this society to know what it means to respect that. And Lord, we thank you for all of these things. As we dig into your word today, I ask for your grace and your blessing in delivering this. And uh, Lord, I just pray for all of our hearts now as we receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was thinking through, you know, the, we got these candidates, and the big one is the president. Okay, and I thought in my mind this would be funny, but I didn't actually act on it, um, but I thought, I wonder what it would have been like if I came in with a few different hats to wear during this message, and my first hat would be, let's just say it was a Trump hat, you know, the Make America Great hat, and if I put that on, I'm like, I wonder what people would think if I wore that right here, and what their reactions would be. Some people would be really excited about that, some people might be a little uncomfortable with that. Then if I took that hat off and then I went over here and I had a Biden hat and I put that on and just kind of wondering how people would react to those kinds of things. You know, maybe they'd get uncomfortable if I was to do that. And here's the thing. I just take both of those hats and just set them down for a second. And the hat that I would want to wear is one that says Jesus is Lord. And I put that on and that no matter what these candidates seem to promise us as people in this nation, please understand that Jesus is the Savior. He's the one who will bring everything that we need. Everything that we need. He is Lord. And I want to emphasize that because sometimes we can put a whole lot of stock in one individual. And they're going to let us down at some point. So in the midst of this, I was just thinking through, you have these candidates, but what does it look like for a nation to be blessed? 
to be blessed by the hand of God. You can have people that are in leadership, and that's one route that God will have blessings if there's leadership that truly fear God. They're going to bring about policies and laws and different things that will ultimately be blessed by God. But let's face it, there's nations that they don't get to vote. Their leader is just simply there, and whether or not they're a believer or they have Christian policies, in the midst of all of that, Christianity can be even threatened in some of these nations. Yet God's blessing is on the church because their numbers are exploding. You look at some of these nations where there's persecution and threats that are coming to the church simply for believing in Jesus Christ and having an assembly like we are right now. It's illegal. And their numbers are exploding. And here we are in this nation, one nation under God, and yet we have a faith that seems to be shrinking. So you tell me, who's in the office if that's going to change the hearts of the people. It's got to come through the church. The church has to be alive and active and a part of the kingdom of God, and that is where our first allegiance needs to be, is to Christ's kingdom. First allegiance to the kingdom of God. So I was considering what does it look like to be a nation, though, that is blessed by the hand of God. And there's a few things that I see in Scripture that I think if we focused in on and we made a priority as a people and as a nation, I think God's hand of blessing will be on us. The first one is very simple. There's going to be a blessing to a nation that makes God a priority. Psalm 33, verse 12, the Bible flat out says, Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. And you look around at our society right now, and it, to me, what I see is a society and a nation that isn't exactly making him a priority. We fill our life with all kinds of things, and when we don't fill our life with the things of God, then chaos is going to ensue. Does our world seem a little chaotic at times? I mean, you can flip the news on and pretty quick you see all the turmoil, all the, the, the chaos, the things that are happening. And I do believe that there are implications into how we vote and how that chaos plays out. You just look at the platforms of these parties. And I, I want you to hear me. I think everyone should vote. I want you to do that. As your pastor, I'm asking you to go and vote. And if you're struggling with a candidate that you should be voting for, as God would lead you, I want you to go to the party's platform, and I want you to say, Lord, guide me and lead me. Which platform should I be voting for that would best honor you? Pray through it, inform yourself, and then go and vote. Brady and I will be heading up there on Tuesday. That's our decision. We didn't do any kind of early voting or anything like that. We want to go up on that day and vote. And some of you have already voted, and this year's record numbers of that. But I want to just implore you, go and vote. Be a Christian voice in this election, and vote for that platform that will glorify God the most. 
And I think we can make God a priority in that voice and bringing those things forward in our leadership for not only our nation, but also at the state and the local levels. Blessed because God is a priority. This one I'm going to draw out here. There might be some individuals that could possibly disagree with me on this. This is my conviction. Blessed is a nation because they're making Israel a priority. And I'm going to walk you through this in the scriptures. This is my conviction that I believe God's hand is upon that nation. And the nations that bless, defend, partner up, make an allegiance with that nation, there will be a blessing from the hand of God. Let me walk you through this starting in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there. We're going to walk through this. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We'll go chapter 12, and then we'll jump to another chapter in that very book. But perhaps you've heard of this man by the name of Abram, also known as Abraham. And God is going to give him a blessing, and I'm going to read you this blessing that's given to Abraham. In verse 1 it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. Then in verse 2, God tells Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So, God gives this promise to Abram. And let's walk a little bit through his genealogy. Abram has a son named Isaac. And Isaac, he's giving a blessing to his son, Jacob. If you jump with me to Genesis 27. Keep in mind the blessing that was given to Grandpa Abraham. And now you have Jacob receiving this blessing from his dad, Isaac, on the deathbed. And in this blessing, Isaac says to Jacob, May nations serve you. This is verse 29. May nations serve you. And peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. And then it says this. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. That's now passed on to Jacob. Now, Jacob wrestles with God, and his name is changed. Do you know what his name is changed to? Israel. Okay, if you fast forward now to Numbers 24. So go a few more books to the book of Numbers, and go to chapter 24. And God uses a man named Balaam to speak over this nation. And it's very interesting what he says. Verses 1 through 3 here in Numbers 24. The Bible says, Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times, but turned his face toward the wilderness. And when Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him, and he spoke this message. So God is now speaking through Balaam, 
And if you look at verse 9, notice what he says as he speaks to Israel. May those who bless you be blessed, and those who cursed you be cursed. What started with Abram has been transferred now to Jacob, and it holds upon this nation Israel. And those who bless Israel and make Israel a priority, there will be a blessing from the hand of God. That's what I see in Scripture. That's my conviction. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And you've probably heard that verse before. There's power in the gospel, and we should not be ashamed of that very message. But if you read the last part of that verse, it says, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. To the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And I want to share a little story with you that was given to me just this week about a group of Jewish people that believe in Jesus that would make them Messianic Jews. So they're saved by grace because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They're Messianic Jews. And they're going to New York City to evangelize other Jews who don't yet know Jesus. So this individual is listening to a radio broadcast. This is brought up. This individual had just been married, and money was tight. Anybody relate to that? Okay, newlyweds, not a whole lot of money at that time. And as they're listening to this broadcast, they hear of this ministry, and also they ask that if you would like to jump in and be a part of this ministry, you can go ahead and send donations to this place. And this individual told me this week, they said, in that moment, they said, Lord, if I just had $10... I would want to send it to this ministry. If I just had $10, I want to bless these Messianic Jews, your people, as they endeavor to take the gospel to these other Jews. Well, they ended up getting their mail that day, and they opened a card that had $10 in it. And when they opened that card, they knew what they had sort of prayed and agreed to with the Lord. And here is a moment, if you will, are you going to follow through with what you said to me when you were listening to that broadcast? So they followed through. They sent that $10 off to this ministry to be a blessing in what was happening. And about a week later, uh, checking the mail again, a family member had sent a card as a kind of like a follow-up wedding gift. Wedding gifts had already been opened and all of that, and here a week later... They got a card from a family member that said, we just wanted to add in a little bit more here and be a blessing to you, and there was $70 in the card. And, you know, just to think of how God's blessing was upon them as they just were faithful to what God said to do. But I think it's very interesting. This came to me when I asked this individual. I said, I believe that there's something special about Israel and God's chosen people. And I realize in Romans 11, it talks about how believers in Christ, you're grafted in with Israel as God's people as well. But I still believe God has a specific plan for the nation of Israel. And it would do well for us to acknowledge that, to be in an alliance, an agreement with them, and to be a blessing unto them. And I think if you do that, God's hand of blessing will be on that nation.
So I want you to also consider which platform, which party is going to really honor that nation. That's something you need to be equipped with when you go to vote. My last point here as far as a blessing is there's going to be one to a nation that makes family a priority. Children raised in God-fearing homes are more likely to fear God themselves. I mean, that's just kind of a natural thing. You're going to be raised by your mom and dad. They fear the Lord. There's a good chance you'll probably fear the Lord too. The problem is there's been a lot of individuals raised in homes that don't fear God. And so you're seeing the symptoms of that out in the streets. Just the other night, we were watching the news, and there was a reporter standing out in front of a Dollar General, and people were just going in and out like it was no big deal to rob and to steal things out of that store. These are people who don't fear God. People who fear God know that's probably not a, an appropriate thing. And as I'm watching this, I see somebody has a mask on, and they're, they're wheeling like their washing machine that they just stole on a cart, and they're looking at the camera as they're walking by, and it's just like there's no shame. There's no fear. And this is the chaos that we live in. And I, I, when I evaluate this, I'm thinking, all these people that are in there, I'm guessing a large reason to this is because they didn't have a good home structure that taught them what it looks like to be law-abiding citizens. But even greater than that is to be people who fear God. Because above our laws, these are man-made laws, right? Romans 13, we should respect these things, but we should not come, become submissive to laws that actually are contrary to God's word. Does that make sense? Because there's a higher law than man, and that's God's law. And God desires law and order in a society. God has placed that. And we have a, a society that's just absolutely in chaos. And I want you to hear this. I've heard it from others. I've heard it here locally from another pastor. I've heard it on national levels. But it is quite possible that this next month may get more chaotic. It's important that we are praying. Praying for order. Praying for God's mercy to help us through what could lie ahead in the chaos and the aftermath of the election. Either side could get riled up pretty fast. So if I go to Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, the Bible says, Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. And his preaching, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Says, otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. One of the greatest epidemics in our country isn't necessarily COVID. It's the chaos in the home. 
and we need God to heal homes. And when God's healing touches people's hearts and lives, that's when you start to see change in a nation. You can put all kinds of policies in place, but if hearts have not changed, you're not going to see the difference. And so how do we engage with this as a church? Okay, I, I know there's a video that's floated around a little bit. I've seen it over the summer. I saw it again this week about how there's currently a Bible in the White House that was a part of a revival a number of years ago. And as the preacher's breaking this story down, he says, is it possible that perhaps there's a window right now where revival is going to sweep across our land? And that gets us excited. There's emotion in that, that there's a Bible in the White House that was a part of a revival. But I want to tell you something. If you're not engaged in the kingdom right now, there will not be a revival. Do you understand that? I'm glad that there's a Bible in the White House. But if God's people aren't serious about prayer and about evangelizing and getting involved in the kingdom, we're just getting excited. But nothing's really happening on a horizontal level with the people around us. And just a little moment here with our church, okay? When COVID first hit, and it was back in March, and we're all learning Zoom. How many of you had to learn Zoom through this whole season, okay? Zoom, you can access this with your phone. All you gotta do is call the number and you're in the meeting, okay? And there were people that were doing that at the very beginning. Even though we didn't understand and know all the ins and outs of Zoom, we held a prayer meeting in March when COVID first hit, and there was like 30 to 40 homes that were in on that call. And it was a powerful moment, sitting at my dinner table with Brady, and we're praying together, and there's all these different people from our congregation that are praying. And we're in very difficult times. We don't know what's next. There was all kinds of chaos, and we don't, we don't know what the future is going to hold. And then we've established this monthly prayer meeting over Zoom so people don't have to come to the church. We can call in and just simply for 30 minutes, we can engage in prayer, prayer for revival in our area, prayer for all the needs that are in our church. I had one household on the call with me in October. Do you want revival? That was incredibly discouraging as a pastor. It's like we want Jesus to be our, our tire that we can put on when it's flat. But once we get moving down the road, we won't give him the steering wheel. We come to him when things are crumbling around us. But listen, if we want revival, it's in the church. Do you want to see people in our area saved? Thank you. Yesterday, we hold an area-wide evangelism training at our church. And I can't even get 1% of this congregation to show up. That's incredibly discouraging as a pastor. Are we serious about revival? Your ballot matters. You can go vote, and we want to see things happen in our nation. 
But I want to see things happen in our area. And it happens through the church. Let's get rolling in the kingdom. And when you're discouraged like that, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I could stand at this pulpit and I can tickle your ear and try to bring encouragement to you every single week. But if we're not engaging in the kingdom, perhaps someone else needs to stand at this pulpit. That's how I felt this last month. Are you serious about the kingdom? And I'm not just up here hopefully pouring guilt on you or anything like that. That's not the point. The point is, I want to be known as a body that is excited and engaged in the things that God wants to do in the kingdom. And part of me struggled with, do I share this, do I not? Do I share this, do I not? I think it had to be shared. Wake up. Let's get serious about people coming to know Jesus because his kingdom is number one. His kingdom is number one. Thank you, Sheree. Because here's the deal. After the election, no matter what happens, ultimate power still is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And under any regime, under any candidate, the gospel still goes forth and it requires people who are saved to get to work for the kingdom of God. Blessed is the nation who makes God a priority. And I'll say this, blessed is the church who makes him a priority too. Amen? I want to close us in prayer. Father, I thank you for this holy moment together as a congregation. I believe you want our church to be a house of prayer and a people of prayer. I know there's people that are prayer warriors in our congregation. And I don't want to dwell on one specific moment, but it is telling that the circumstances around us is like we get used to it, we get back to busy, and we neglect some of the most important foundational things in a church, and one of which is prayer. Help us to be a congregation that prays together. There's power in corporate prayer. And Father, help us to be a congregation that desires to see people come to know Jesus And so we look at all these opportunities and where we can lead others to Christ and become more equipped in these areas. Help us, Lord. Equip us and guide us. If there's someone listening right now that you know, I'm talking about what it looks like to live a blessed life, not just as a blessed nation, but as a blessed life, making God a priority. And it's possible there's someone listening right now that you haven't really been a priority. Help this to be a day where we 
refocus, we recenter, and we put you in the rightful place of our life as number one. And if there's someone right now that's listening that perhaps you don't have a relationship with God, understand that Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you could be set free and be a part of his kingdom. And if you desire a relationship with Jesus today, I want to lead you in a prayer to receive him into your life. Just pray with me in your heart and just say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. And I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I want you to be in my life. Please come in and make me new. And help me to live for you from this day forward. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.